Hello and welcome to the D&D 420 podcast. This is a show dedicated to helping you become a better dungeon master. I'm your host, Eric M. Hunter, and I am a game master trying to tell a better story. Joining me shortly is Jimmy Shields. He is the creator of D&D 420 with over 30 years of experience. We dive right back into Reddit again uh, with some amazing questions. We talk about the Thunder Gauntlets, uh, multi-classing, for sorcerers or warlocks, we talk about that a little bit. We also gush over one of our favorite D and D writers, Jim. Yes, you hear that? Yes, Jim, you hear that? What am I? We hearing? have more questions. We have more questions. More questions <sighs> from Reddit. Yes, that's right. Reddit.com/r/dnd does a weekly ask anything question thread. And we, we dip in, we dive in. Uh, we Deep look at dives. The, yeah, we, 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 we do a little dive in, and then we find the ones that are, I don't want to say need the most help, are the most interesting to answer. Or but, come up the most know, the often. Ones, there's some, of, uh, there's some yeah. of that stuff, too. And That's we also true. get yeah. some direct questions. Uh, we do. Yeah, you know, we get some really we get cool that through, questions through Facebook. From our f- Facebook, that's right. We're all, also our Discord page. Our Discord um, page, all, lots of direct questions all, there. That's right, man. And all of those links to connect with us are in the show notes, so you should check them out. Yeah, Jim, are you, are you on our Discord? I am on our Discord right now okay. doing this, and I'm always on. If you see us in the guild hall, and we're probably just shooting the shit about D&D 99.9% of the time. If you That's come join true. us in the guild hall, you can join the conversation, or if you just want to shoot me a message, I'm Jimmy St. James, uh, and I'll do my best to either answer your question in private if you prefer, or some of those questions may get chosen to come on to our show so without further ado let's mix the hat up and pull some of those here we go this one comes from sister hoyo sister hoyo hoyo i don't i don't know where these names come from uh this is a fifth edition question says i have a question regarding the armor artificers thunder gauntlets i love the new artificer man yes artificer at level 9, your armor is divided into four sessions, the body armor, the boots, the helmets, and the weapons. Before level 9, is it possible to infuse the armor and the gauntlets with different infusions? Different infusions. Uh, okay, so that is a very interesting question. Um, Man, I think, but the I think thunder gauntlets. The thunder gauntlet one is what I am... I, I spent some time on and Thunder Gauntlet makes uh, your so I'm having a hard time because there's there uh, the questions a little disjointed so let's talk about what that Thunder Gauntlet does so that is in Tasha's it is the new artificer artificer how do you say that is it artificer I, I think it's art artificer Arti- artificer 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 right I like them both just Artif- fine artificer artificer Artificer, Artificer, Artificer. Ooh, there it is. There it is. Artificer. Yeah, it's Fisher. Okay, so it's Fisher. the Artificer. So we're talking about um, the uh, the armorer, which is you know the third level choice, and it gives you that really cool 
like armor modifications. And so the Thunder Gauntlets gives you a D8 with your hands if you're not holding anything. Uh, thunder damage, Ridiculous. really cool. Ridiculous. So like you're doing, you're doing like monk-like damage um, with your fists. That's a pretty cool one. Um, this is a, uh, this actually uh, we had a third ed- edition character that um, that you guys were playing with an NPC who used thunder and lightning, a dwarf. I don't know if you remember that back in a pirate's mm. life. Like he would have been an armorer, artificer, dwarf, artificer. Um, and artificer. yeah, he would have definitely been this class. But anyway, mm. I, I digress. So um, this, the thunder gauntlet says each of the armor's gauntlets count as a simple melee weapon when you use it. Right. So, uh, that's pretty specific. That's each of those gauntlets. Um, so, and looking forward at those higher level abilities, at he's level talking, nine, yeah, you get those modifications he's talking about. It's the, mm-hmm. the ninth level armor feature. Um, so, they count for a separate item. So each of those items can bear an infusion. Um, so two. Well, they break it up into the armor or the chest piece the boots the helmet and the special weapon so that's where 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 the wording gets very specific it's the special weapon which is not um the uh one gauntlet or the other i think he's asking if he can make each gauntlet do something different and it appears to oh, me oh okay i'm not sure if that's what they're asking because the question was asked kind of funny um, will you, I mean, will you read I, can, one more I would time? say I would be inferring that, yeah. Okay. Different, different infusions, yeah. Um, I'm going to say no on the gauntlets. If you're using thunder, you can't have like one thunder gauntlet and one lightning launcher. I don't, right. I don't think that's how it works. Um, so, unfortunately, I, I don't think so. Uh, I looked into it a little bit. Uh, I'm, I'm actually looking at it right now. And by the verbiage, I think that you're stuck um, with one or the other when you do that type of thing. So, uh, but it's a cool question because, you know, here's the thing. Uh, This is a book that recently came out and there's not a lot. There's, I mean, there's a lot of conversation around it, but we don't have the Jeremy Crawfords of the world yet answering this question that I could find. Exactly. So um, it is a good question though, but unfortunately I don't think so. I think it's pretty cut and dry the way it's worded. I agree. Yeah, it's um, and a lot of the time when we do this, I feel like we answer the question and it's like, okay, well, how would you actually do the thing that they're wanting to do? They're not, you know, how are they how, you know, what level spell would it be rather than stretching a two level spell into a five level spell? You know? <laughs> well, I think in this case, he's just trying to do something that they've um, he's. Le- I feel like he's legitimately looking for. They're legitimately looking for clarification because it is a fairly interesting combination of scenarios. It's something that's easy to picture yeah. in your head, but then when. Right. You, but I think they've carefully worded this so as to not make this this class be broken. I think that the reason it's worded the way that it is is to absolutely prevent you from doing such things, um, right? And getting out of hand when you start getting like twelfth level with that. Um, cause I, it does appear to me, I haven't had an armorer in my game yet. The only, um, artificer I've had in my game is the alchemist and it's super cool. 
Um, so if you guys aren't using that out of Tosh's yet, I do recommend taking a look at it and putting it into your game. That's really cool. So good on you, Sister Hoyo. Good on you. I stretch the game. Look for those places. But yeah, I think the verbiage is cut and dry. So this next one comes from user So Lullabell, which is just fun to say. What's the best multi-class for sorcerers? I keep hearing sorcerer slash warlock is super good, but other than the Eldritch Blast, I don't see why. Also, is sorcerer with a three-level dip into bard ah, viable? Yes, it is. Okay. Um... First, we'll so talk the, about. So they call it a sorlock online. That was new to me. I don't know if I like that, but um, ooh, what? Yeah. I do not like that. I don't that like does it. not sound good. <laughs> it's warlock. Yeah, Ugh. that's the uh, sorcerer warlock, and it is so popular and it is so good that um, it has that that cutesy name. Um, Ugh. Uh, man, I didn't make it up. That's just what people call it. It's I don't care for it either. But I'm old and been so playing it is D&D super for 100 good, years. Uh, yeah, the Sorcerer Warlock so is probably good. your best choice because it sounded like at first you said, what is the best choice? And I think that it's unanimous that a lot of people agree that that is one of the best choices. Um, mm-hmm. I would counter that, and I'm glad that at the end, um, Soho, was it? I don't what know. No, So Lalabelle. So Lalabelle. Oh, it was Holo or something for the first one. I don't remember. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Just I'm, I'm, I'm just keep. High. We're just. I'm we're high. Just keep so, <laughs> so, I'm glad they came back to Bard because that is the one I like. Because you get that. Uh, I mean, you're obviously maxing out your charisma anyway, and right. Um, I, you know, I don't know, man. I really like the bard. I like the bard abilities mixing well. I think they mix well with the invocations, and I think that you are. But that's across the board for you, though, right? Like you're just a, you're just a, you enjoy just the bard. I am a bard lover. If I was gonna yeah. pick my first few favorite classes, bard is always in the mix in every edition. Oh man, there's a there's an episode for you. We should rank all the classes. Okay, let me know. We'll do that one. <sighs> Um, tell the um, um, tell our assistant to write that idea down so we don't forget. I'm writing it down. I am the assistant. <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> we are the assistant. I am. Okay, so so that dip into the bard. Um, I think it's as you were mentioning wonderful. So you get all what those is you get all those cool spells or uh, skills. I mean, with bard, so you get jack of all trades. You get expertise yep. at third level. Um, I might even push to fourth level to get your second second level spell and the ability to score improvement or feat. I think that um, if you have feats that you're interested in, I like to push to fourth level if you're going to go all the way to third because you. But you're giving up those higher level warlock spells by doing so. A lot of people will take two levels of bard um, to get that uh, the jack of all trades. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm not. Uh, I don't do a lot of multiclassing, but I do know that that's Same. one I've thought yeah. about a lot. And I know that multiclassing is uh, a way to maximize your output and gain a lot of intense benefits. Um, I've only multiclassed right. one character, and it was with a one-level dip into sorcerer for a uh, a rogue. Um, and before anybody goes crazy, I was already an arcane trickster. I just wanted 
more and i ended up getting some really really cool stuff but anyway uh yeah like the the time i did it i feel like uh, i was a a, an elf ranger and then i multi-classed into um darkwood stalker Uh, yeah that was a uh uh, prestige class which is basically what fifth edition now gives you as character choices um, for right. those who are not familiar with third edition, fifth edition has basically used everything from third edition and put it into very linear, um, easy to follow choices rather than being in like 15 different books. Right. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I'm not here to bash any editions. I love both editions. Um, yeah. I love all editions of D and D. Uh, we won't, we're not going to mention fourth edition. So, but no i i so yeah i just i i agree like i feel like i'm with you i i'm not a big multi-classer so it's but if you are bard sorcerer is fun it sounds so much fun really good or a bard warlock i'm sorry i'm that's what i meant to say both of those sound great to me yeah Um, they sound pretty good you're gonna get a lot you get those extra cantrips that you know bard has great cantrips um you just get some really cool abilities that just blend so beautifully with the warlock and with the yeah. sorcerer. Now that we're talking about that, yeah. quite by accident. Um, it. I will say this: in my opinion, if you're multiclassing and you've given it some thought and you like it, it is a little bit tough to make a really shitty character in fifth edition. It's not. Yep. It's not unheard of. And so your question's quite viable, but I want to assure you that the amount of thought that I can tell that you've put into it, uh, this this uh, asker, um, it's enough. You've you've done a good job. You've put two things together that work together extremely well. Yeah. So, uh, and if it makes sense for how you want to play the character and the story that you're playing in, you know, like do whatever you want. It, Multiple class, however you want to do it. Yeah, it's so it easy to make an optimized character. In fifth edition yeah. um it is so easy if you think about it and you read the books um if you read all of it then it sticks out like a sore thumb what works well together so um and like i said if you've given it this kind of thought you've you've done well i would rest assured that most of your ideas that you have this asker um are probably pretty good that's a good idea two thumbs up well and another thing too that i'm thinking of is like a lot of that also comes down onto your gm you know it's you know if you're playing in person on a table it's that thing of well leave your character sheets here to give them an opportunity to look over spells to look over different abilities that the characters have and then try to weave that into the story to make somebody kind of look like a hero in a moment Absolutely. You know, I, I feel like that's a part of it too. Like it's yeah, you. It's uh, always a it's always a back and forth. So if if I'll say this uh, in response to your question to let this um, person who's asked to know is that if your GM tells you that that is bad, I don't. I wouldn't trust your GM <laughs> because I don't. Right. I, I don't even know that that's the case. You know, I'm I'm throwing an assumption out there that's probably not fair, but. Um, yeah, I agree with you. Your dungeon master should be um, making your character cool in game for you as well. Like, yeah. it's kind of my job as a dungeon master to make this game fun, not to 
make your idea suck show you why it's a bad idea i see that actually a lot i do get a lot of questions about that type of thing i don't like to include those questions because i don't really want to talk about that type of negative stuff but um we covered that in some early episodes that are hard for me to listen to because my equipment was really bad but um (laughs) but uh but nah nah man that's a good idea that's gonna work great let's get this yeah yeah it's going to be real fun to play with. Yes, it is. I agree. Uh, this question comes from Star of Thinry. Star. Star of Thinry. Or it's Star of at Henry. That's. All right. I think it's. We'll just call you Henry or Star. Henry, Henry Star. Star. Henry Star. From the lore perspective, what is the difference between Drow Elves and Shadow Elves? I found this brief article, which I have linked. Uh, on the D&D wiki, it feels incomplete. Thanks for your feedback. You know what, Jim? Thank you. Before you even answer, thank you for your feedback. Yeah. Well, you're welcome. You. I do thank have you. feedback about this. Um, thank you. And I thank you for it. I, I didn't know this question was coming, and uh, I did look up that article. I, I looked at it. It was on D&D wiki, which many times, uh, if you look at the D&D wiki, you might find yourself on the homebrew page. Um, and I think that that's what this person True. is looking at. Um, you know, it, it happens. No problem. The real shadow elves. Um, no, they are. They're quite different than drow. Quite different. And recently, uh, I don't know if you know this. I know you're a big R.A. Salvatore fan. I am currently reading one of his books that I picked up at a Salvation Army. That is fucking signed. That is, it is signed by Salvatore. That is really cool. He's a really cool yes. guy too. So, um, so here's the thing. Fucking. Let me say signed. this. This past week, R.A. Salvatore was asked by Wizards of the Coast to write a lullaby, a drow lullaby. I shit you not. So Weird. that uh, Benedict Cumberbatch could read it for this. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm this cartoon like in this little three minute thing it is phenomenal it is so cool it's i think it was just released a, uh probably by the time this airs it will be have been like last week but it was like just a couple days ago when we're when we're recording this i think it was actually yesterday mm-hmm. have you seen that yet i have not seen it i posted i heard about it, it but i have not seen it it is about four minutes and 25 ish Go to 420 on the video that I've posted on our DMD 420 um, Facebook, and you you can see the video where there's a, a really cool interview with Bob, and it's great. I think he's just a phenomenal guy. Uh, mm. He's just great writer and exceptional. Like if you haven't like read any Salvatore, yeah. he is why we have the drow that we have today, which are so different from Shadow yeah. Elves. Um, drow, you know, we could talk about drow all day and we can thank R.A. Salvatore for it. But the shadow elves that are official are in the Wayfinder's Guide to Eberron as a, um, you take it instead of your like sub race. And this is called the Houses of Shadow. Um, the elves that carry the mark of shadow for a thousand years. This is the official uh, Dungeons and Dragons shadow elves, um, and they're pretty cool. 
They have the ability to shape shadows, slip into shadows, like hide action as a bonus, even if you have no cover or if you're under observation. Very cool gift to the shadows. Uh, when you make a performance or a stealth check, you can roll your, an intuition die of a D4 and add it. So they get those are just that's your sub race gets those really cool things. Um, and you will find that in the Wayfarer's Guide. Of course, the Drow but you Elves. Won't find, yeah, you won't find shadows in the Underdark. It's, it is just nothing but night. It is nothing but shadow. Um, yeah, so different. They're very, very different. Um, both very cool, but very, very different. Yeah. Good question, though. Good question. Man. It's signed, Jim. It's signed. It's, it's signed. That's so cool, man. God. And I, I'm... And, and, when I sent that picture to you, I immediately ran downstairs to see if the the other the book before it was signed because I was just like, well, if this one's signed too, I'm just gonna give it the gym. It's not though. I'm uh, sorry. That's okay. I'm so sorry. I I am a huge I'm fan, so and I'm glad you have a signed copy. I, yeah. I'm not me at too. all jealous. No, me me neither. I'm not jealous for you either. But I'm I'm more sorry because man, this is this is it. This is the last question. Last question. Can you believe it? I. That I can believe it, you know. That always goes by so fast. That's true. That's very true. This one comes from uh, Reddit user Funtopolis. Funtopolis. Hey. Topolus. Yeah. Fifth edition. Does Misty Step negate momentum? This came up at my table the other day. A PC was falling, and they were thirty feet from the ground. Their plan was to Misty Step to the ground in an effort to negate the damage, believing that the spell places them in a desired location, canceling their previous movement. I feel like the momentum would continue, but wasn't sure. Any thoughts? We were just talking about momentum. Well, this is is funny because, you know, I was having this conversation with another player in D&D &D 420 Guild uh, because I knew this question was coming as well. Um, that I just gave away all of our secrets. Um, you did. You really did. Um, it's okay. But, they didn't hear us. <laughs> shh, shh, hold on a second. All right. So what had happened was that... Okay. So always in Dungeons & Dragons, when you use teleportation of any sort, um, you are matched to the speed of that terrain. It's magic. Um, people like to bring science into this. I do not like talking science, but um, it's always been talked about ever since the 70s. Um, and, you know, Tommy, the other guy in the guild, said something. I don't like my Star Trek and uh, Dungeons and Dragons to intersect. Right. You shouldn't be talking about science and Dungeons and Dragons. It's, it's one thing to have the faux pas of talking about history. It's a faux pas, but we do compare Dungeons and Dragons to our Renaissance or Dark Ages or, you know, what have, whatever era. We often make those comparisons, and that's okay, but it's not directly comparable. Even worse is science fiction. Um, so, but we just assume that a, any teleportation spell isn't trying to put us in harm's way unless we fail in some spells do have chance of failure when you're going great distances but this is a 30 foot so we're going to talk about falling and some of the intricacies of why there are so many people talking about this um, this is something i've encountered before and honestly when i saw this question again in the queue 
I was a little bit like, man, I'm not even sure. I think I know. And I ended up, I, I kind of know. But the thing that I came across this time is that Misty Step is a bonus action. If you're falling so far, so fast, um, the book will tell us how far you're going to fall. So if you fall further than that in one round, I guess it's possible that you can cast Misty Step. But as a bonus action, you cannot ready it because it's only right. 30 feet. You're only wanting to, to teleport 30 feet. So maybe if you cast it, I would lessen the damage. If you cast it, and let's say you're falling a really long distance and you get within a couple of hundred feet of the ground and then you cast it, I would reset your fall damage. Is what I That would be the benevolent DM in me saying, ah, cool use of the spell. And here's the thing, it's not Featherfall. I get that Featherfall is a first level spell, um, but we have that. That's that's more of a reaction. That's that's not a bonus action. That's something that we can use in this capacity. It's meant to be used in this capacity. That's what it's for. Um, whereas the Misty Step was not meant to be used that way. It is right. a second level spell, however. And if you play, which is nice, if you play Rule of Cool at your table, I think you almost have to let that work. But I would say that if you are going to let it work, I would still make a concentration check to see if you can cast it at the right time. Because the thing about a bonus action is that you can't, if you're not in combat, you can cast it anytime. So it depends why you're falling and what you consider being in combat. Like, did you just get pushed? due to a combat thing i'm sorry you can't cast that bonus action at any time that's kind of rules as written but if you're playing rule of cool and then somebody does that like i might let it go if you're if i'm in a rule of cool kind of game which most of my games are not we pretty much play raw well we have house brew or home brew stuff that's specific to my game world but overall we play pretty much raw Thanks for listening to this episode of the D&D 420 podcast. For everything D&D 420 related, check out dnd420.com. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can find us there on the website and on YouTube at D&D 420. Lastly, as always, if you'd like to support the show, you can do that by telling another DM about the show and by visiting us on Apple Podcasts and leaving a rating and review. Thanks for subscribing and being a part of our work here at D&D 420. We will see you next week.